We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Welcome. We are glad you are here. Thanks, as always, for taking a listen to us. We certainly appreciate it. Bill Michael's show is on the air, and uh, let's do this. Let's talk some uh, Packers football, shall we? Let's bring in Ryan Wood. Do you want to know what's going on at 1265 Lombardi Avenue? What's next for the Pack? Let's check in with our green and gold insider, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Brought to you by Thomas Marola Law Offices. Divorce, child custody, and other family law needs. Go with experience. Go with Thomas Marola. Online at marolalaw.net or call 414-327-5800. Ryan Ward of the Green Bay Press-Gazette now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. And uh, Ryan, uh, this is a team that... Well, no COVID cases here, I guess. We get word that the uh, the, the game with uh, the Tennessee Titans right now and the Pittsburgh Steelers has been postponed, but uh, everything seems to be good every place else throughout the NFL. At least uh, you knock on wood when you're talking about the Packers, you know? Yeah, knock on wood is right because what, what, is, what is the case today could very well change tomorrow. You never know with this virus, right? But, you know, Corey Lindsley talked about this this week, and you don't – you know, we're, we're outside – the, the internal bubble we we don't see what it, we're not even in the locker room so we, we don't see what's happening but Corey Lindsley said that he he was pretty confident with how everyone inside that that, that locker room is is handling the protocols and that there's a, a sense of, of understanding that hey this this is your livelihood I mean, if, if you get COVID that's money out of your pocket as an NFL player so um, they've got a lot of reasons to take this very seriously, um, and you know he he said not, not that if not that if you get COVID you're not a team first guy because it, it can happen it does happen, but in terms of following the protocols he said that he thinks everyone's been very team first and and has taken it very seriously. Um, now getting into the X's and O's, this is a team that's a little bit banged up defensively. Uh, can you give us an update on some of the injuries? Yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, the, today's Wednesday in, in Packers World because they're playing on Monday night. So this is the first real practice of the week today. And I would imagine that Kenny Clark is likely to be out there um, unless there's a setback that we don't know of. Um, very similar to Billy Turner week two. Week two, Billy Turner ended that week practicing. He was on the practice field. He was active against the Lions, unlike Kenny Clark against the Saints, but he did not play. So he's effectively inactive, just an emergency guy. They gave him the extra week. He came back and he started at right tackle against the Saints. I would imagine it might be similar for Kenny Clark, um, who was given the extra week, even though he did finish the week in practice. And if all is good, this could be the week that he's back. 
As far as Christian Kirksey, just you know, it, it seems like that's probably going to take a little bit more time. And in the meantime, Ty Summers is is going to get an opportunity here. Uh, that was going to be my next question. So Ty Summers is going to get some more uh, some more reps. Uh, you tell me, how do you think he looked overall? Now that we've had a chance to absorb the all twenty two, uh, tell me how he looked in this uh, game, this past game against the Saints. Yeah, I thought he looked okay. You know, it, the the degree of difficulty of uh, it, out of nowhere, your young guy here's the the green dot communication helmet. You're in charge of of the other ten guys, and oh by the way, you also have to tackle Alvin Kamara. That's pretty high. That, that that's not easy to deal with. And I, you know, certainly there were some plays he'd want back. I mean, it, it, it wasn't clean, uh, but given the situation, I, I thought Ty Summers did okay. And it's it's a, a game that he can build off of, and he'll need to build off of it. But um, you know, it, it certainly was far from from falling flat on your face or a failure or anything like that. I mean, there, there was a lot of positives for him to take out of it too. And you know, what he is is he's an active linebacker. And that's what Mike Pettin wants on the second level in this system is guys who are active around the ball. And Ty Summers was certainly around the ball. The uh, the defensive front, uh, there was so much, uh, at least, you know, kind of Twitter chatter about, well, they're not getting to Drew Brees. Drew Brees got rid of the football. The game plan was don't allow Preston and Zedaria Smith to get you to, to you. Don't allow that to happen. So that was part, part of the reason. I go back and I looked at the statistics in the next-gen stats. Look, Drew Brees has never been a, a long downfield guy to begin with. You don't have Michael Thomas, so they just wanted to get rid of the football and allow Kamara and company to just kind of do what they did after the catch. Uh, so I'm not overly concerned about the pass rush right now. Are you? No, no. They, I don't know what the numbers are right now, but they were top ten in the league going into last week. And Drew Brees has always had one of the the quickest releases, not just during his time, but really of any time. I mean, it's a it's a Marino type quick release. He, he gets rid of the ball in no time at all. So you expect that uh, against Drew Brees. And you know, at the end of the day. Kingsley Kiki got two sacks and looked pretty good. Um, you know, and the other guy that really flashed up front was Montrevious Adams a couple times and showed showed his athleticism against Carlos Carlos Ruiz. Um, so it, it you know, and then Zadarius Smith happened to make the, the the biggest play of the game, and it was a pretty frustrating night for Zadarius Smith. Um, there were times against the run he got sucked inside, uh, didn't set an edge. There, there were times that he just. He, he got he got blocked just enough to not be able to get to Drew Brees with that quick release. But the one time the Saints don't block him, they don't put a hat on him, he makes a game-changing play, and he strips Taysom Hill of the football, and that's what big-time players do. I mean, even on frustrating nights, you find a way to make that one play that tilts the field, and, and Zary Smith did that. So, um, you know, it, all in all, no, it, Drew Brees is really, really tough to get to. Does this team need to have a pivotal turnover, defensively speaking, for this team to consistently win? Because it's happened yeah. in all three games now. Yeah, for, for the well, not for the team to win. Because I mean, the, the the Packers at this point, it's only three games, but you you get a sense that there's a lot of teams that the Packers can just outscore, right? But in the long haul, I mean, go back to 2011, the last time the Packers had a start like this offensively, that year. They were prolific. I mean, they, they, they were historically good on offense, terrible on defense, and it caught up with them because there were a lot of teams, most teams that the Packers could outscore that year, but they couldn't outscore everybody. And when they ran up against a good defense in the cold weather, uh, 
and they had an off night for, for their offense, the defense couldn't do its its job and, and it cost them the season. You that that that's that's certainly in play if they don't get this defense righted. But the, yeah, the the defense is what it is. It, it it's a big playmaking defense. It's put nine points on the board in the first three games. It is a defense that is going to turn you over. It's going to sack you, and it's going to give up a lot of yards. And it's going to give up some points. And if it can make those big plays, this is a team that can win a Super Bowl because the offense is where it's at, and the defense making big plays. Look around the league. It's not like there's a lot of great defenses around the league. And I think that the lack of home field advantage certainly and, and crowd noise certainly plays a factor into that. But it, this defense is what it was last year. Last year it would it would sack you. It, it, it would play well situationally. It would turn you over, and it would give up a lot of yards. And it's really kind of carried over into this year as well. Talking with Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette and PackersNews.com. Not that I am pining for it by any by any standard, but at what point do you see more carries, if any, get to AJ Dillon? I know uh, you know fans were talking about well, in some of those short yarded situations, why wouldn't you go to Dillon? I had talked about some of the things that I thought uh, were were rather pertinent that Matt Lafleur had stated, but do you see him getting any carries with the way the run game is right now? Yeah, it'll happen. He's too talented not to let it happen, but the two guys ahead of him are pretty good. So if you don't need to wear out your rookie running back and they really don't need to, why would you? Um, Matt LaFleur did say he'd look at the, the short yardage running back rotations uh, after, after Sunday night's game. He, he did acknowledge that. That doesn't mean he's going to change anything because the reality is that Aaron Jones in, in short yardage has one of the best noses for that marker in the league. For for a small guy like that, and you saw it, frankly, early in the third quarter on fourth and one, uh, he ran through an arm tackle and, and got what he needed to, to to get that one yard to get in the end zone on fourth and one, uh, fourth and goal from from the one. So, I, I I don't see him supplanting the veterans or anything like that. Will he get more than? A couple of carries, maybe at some point that, that that could happen, especially if there's injuries. Obviously, that changes the equation. But uh, not, you don't get the sense that they're going to rush it. They're, they're going to be plenty patient because they've got two really, really good guys ahead of him. Uh, I had even uh, tweeted it out that we had a Sternberger sighting in this past game. Uh, three catches for Jay Sternberger, and we know that uh, Aaron Rodgers, after the game, kind of alluded to the fact that he's had his issues, basically meaning the drops. Uh, is this the uh, reemergence of Jay Sternberger, forcing him into uh, the lineup in which he can get a couple of opportunities? Yeah, it could be. You know, I thought it was really uh, telling that Aaron Rodgers, after that first completion, which was a, a nothing completion, it was just he was wide open in the right flat, dumped it off, he caught it, it, it essentially a layup. Uh, Aaron Rodgers pointed right right at Jay Sternberger, you know, kind of an attaboy, and, and then patted him on the helmet when he got to to the huddle. Um, you know, he he understood that that was more than what it might have seemed for a guy who had some two really, really, really tough drops the week before. Uh, so you like to see that from a young guy, especially coming back from some plays that, that you didn't make and being able to make e- the easy ones because those are the ones you got to make. So uh, I, I thought, you know, the quarterback certainly recognized what that meant for Jay Sternberger. And, um, yeah, it's it certainly it, it, it helps when you show that you can rebound from, from a play like that. Um, real quick before we let you go, the rest of the tight ends. Now, we know that Devontae Adams 
uh, was not in this ball game. Alan Lazard certainly stepped up, but it's it's it seems like you've got the ability to spread the ball pretty comfortably to your tight ends. If Sternberger starts to catch passes and you're able to move the sticks and you've got a good run game, you know I don't want to say you don't need that other wide receiver because you certainly do. But it's it seems like there's enough weaponry here and enough things going on for Aaron Rodgers to be successful with an offense. We I would assume it's only going to get better from here on out. Correct. Well, it's it's hard to get better than 40 points every week. So I don't know if it gets better. But the, the, for the Packers, they don't need it to get better. They, they just need this to plateau. If they can maintain this, they're fine. So, you know, I, I think the tight end, the tight end I, I look at very similar to, to what I look at the inside linebacker position. I had low expectations for tight ends coming into the year. And they've exceeded that. Robert Tanyan has, has been a, a touchdown machine early in the season, you know. And Jay Sternberger – you see the the athleticism, and you see the ability to make some plays. Mercedes Lewis is that that you know that sage veteran that is going to be in rundown situations as a blocker, and he's he's the leader of the group, and and he fills that that need in the wide zone offense. And you've got Josiah DeGuara, who's kind of a, like a Swiss Army knife. He's Mister Everything, and and, and does all, a bunch of stuff. We only seen him one game, but that one game was pretty impressive. So. Um, and then let's not discount John Lovett either. I mean, these, these are not, these are not big name guys, but they fill a role and, and, and they're, they've been used very, very well to fill that role within Matt LaFleur's offense. And if they continue doing that, um, the diversity of, of the skill set in this group is something that can certainly help you. Great stuff. Uh, Ryan, we appreciate it. We'll talk again next week and break this whole thing down. Okay. All right. Take care. All right, buddy, talk to you soon. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette and PackersNews.com joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years, they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to SchneiderJobs.com. Hey, our friends at Van Horn Automotive, they have been fantastic. And uh, not once, twice, three times, but four different times now. I have gotten vehicles from them, and each time it's been a very smooth transition. It's been very good with service. Uh, There's nothing that I could even begin to complain about, nothing. And uh, they have even done it extremely well in the realm of CDC guidelines. So uh, everything you want to do, whether it's buy a car, sell a car, whether it's uh, buy new, buy used, finance a car, even schedule service, you can do it all on their website. You can go into any one of their locations throughout Wisconsin or even into Iowa. They continue to get bigger. They continue to acquire. They've got all many, so many different brands, makes, models, things like that, domestics, foreigns, imports. They've got it all. All you got to do is check it out. Go to VanHornAuto.com. That is VanHornAuto.com. They are family-born. They are employee-owned. Again, that is VanHornAuto.com. We'll get back into a little baseball. Uh, bottom of the hour, by the way, Eric Eager, data science expert for Pro Football Focus. We'll talk with him about many of these uh, different grading categories for the Green Bay Packers and their offensive line and such. But uh, I've, I, I do want to get back to some baseball. Uh, we had a crazy day of baseball yesterday. Brewers get beat last night. Uh, give me optimism coming into today's game. Um, and if you're like me, look, uh, sit down, hunker down tonight, grab yourself something to eat, and just live there with nothing to lose, just a lot of hope. Some hope, let it all hang out, have a good one. Uh, we'll discuss that coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I mean, it was very uncharacteristic, um, and frankly, you know, we've never seen an outing from Brent like that. Um, 
you know, there is, you know, the concern with Brent I always have is there's, when his ball's not cutting, uh, you're worried about kind of the, the, the damage and it happens quickly. But but not throwing, I mean, you got three outs in the first inning and you threw nine strikes and 23 balls, I think. So it was just, it was a odd outing from him, just one we haven't seen. Those are the words of Craig Council last night. Not the, uh, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't, you know, solid, I guess, might be the best way to put it uh, for Brent Suter. Starting off last night, uh, the Brewers get doubled up 4-2. to two, They get knocked off. I, but, look, you can talk about Brent Suter all you want. The bottom line was their offense, again, they put some guys on base, and, and you can't drive them in. Uh, hitting with runners in scoring position this year for this team has been abysmal. And, you know, unfortunately, that's the way it's it's gone. 855-830-8648. 855-830-8648. So coming into tonight's contest, um, you know, like I said, there's it's all let it all hang out. Who cares? Who cares? I mean, you're not expected to be there. Let it go by the wayside. Look, just but but don't don't go down just looking bad. You know? I guess might be the best way to put it. Don't don't go down looking bad, because this team has just offensively looked bad. You know what I mean? Just it it just has been. It's it's not been what you've wanted. I guess is the way to put it. Eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. Again, eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. When you talk about hitting with runners in scoring position. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, where'd they finish up? Um, hitting 256, which is not bad, really, in the grand scheme of things. The problem was they weren't putting people on consistently. Uh, what does that put them? That actually might put them near the top, uh, hitting 256 with runners in scoring position. They had a 794 OPS. Um, so at, with their OPS would put them ninth overall in Major League Baseball. So when they got guys, the problem was they didn't get guys on consistently enough to really do do damage. They were 12th when it came to batting average with runners in scoring position. And this is the regular season. Uh, their slugging percentage with runners in scoring position as well was uh, was ninth. So they weren't terrible in that aspect. It, but when you look at just the team batting average, just just in general, team team batting average this past year was – was abysmal. We know they were down. They were 26th in team batting average. Their OPS this year, which uh, again is is a little bit more of a breakdown, a better breakdown, puts them at 24th. That's where they ended up. So with runners in scoring position, wasn't terrible. As a matter of fact, it was wasn't bad. But the problem is they couldn't get guys on. They just could not get guys on. 855-830-8648. They struck out the second most in all of baseball this season. The second most strikeouts in all of baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays, uh, a pretty fair team in the postseason as well, struck out 608 times. The Atlanta Braves, 573. The White Sox, 571. The Cubs, 568. Followed by the Tigers, the Rangers, the Red Sox. So you're talking about teams that are in the postseason striking out. Usually when you have a, an inordinate amount of strikeouts, 
you usually have big productivity when it comes to hitting home runs. That was one of the things the Brewers lacked in this year. While a lot of the other teams were higher up, but the Cubs were only 17th. The Brewers were 16th when it came to hitting total home runs this season. But you look at teams like the Dodgers. Dodgers led the league, and not by a little, but by a lot. The Braves were number two. The White Sox, number three. The Padres, number four. The Yankees, number five. The Twins, number six. The Reds, number seven. The Blue Jays, number eight. There you go. That's the way things went for the top ten of Major League Baseball when it comes to hitting home runs and driving runs in. The Brewers were, were down there, middle of the pack. 855-830-8648-855-830-8648. And uh, you know what? One of the other things to remember here is, because people talk, well, the Cubs are a pretty good team. Yes, but the Cubs got off to a fast start. The Cubs got off to a fast start, and the Cubs are now down one zip in that series. The Cubs have all the pressure on them today. Uh, I mean, if there's anything you're going to do today, you Darvish goes to the hill, and he's been really solid for them this season against Sixto Sanchez uh, of the Miami Marlins. Um, but the Marlins are up one game to none in that series today. They could close it out. Think about that. For as bad, for as good as the Cubs started out with that thirteen and three, thirteen and three, the Cubs played a game under five hundred the rest of the way. So the Cubs, they fell back to earth. They got that fast lead and then fell back to earth. And they did just enough to hang on. You know, nobody could really catch them because they were so far out there for a while. But the Cubs came back to earth, and they have not played great baseball really since the beginning of the season. Eight five, Which, you know, David Ross was supposed to be able to take that team to the next level. Now, it's a 60-game season. I understand it's a very herky-jerky year. I'll give you that. But he was the guy. Remember, Joe Madden couldn't take him to the promised land. Joe had to go. So they're going to get another guy in to take him to a further level. Usually when you get when you fire a coach or, or get rid of a player because they cannot take you to a certain level, usually there's a regression uh, the, the year that the changes are made. It's not until you put a couple extra pieces in that things really begin to explode. So if I'm the Cubs, they're probably going to make some changes this upcoming offseason. The Cubs probably come back a little bit stronger, a little bit better next year. 855-830-8648. Hey, our friends over at Quick Trip want to remind you that the uh, the opening drive contest for the Green Bay Packers is going on right now. You can get entered in the Packers opening drive sweepstakes. You could win a 2021 Chevy Trailblazer as well. You can enter those sweepstakes by purchasing any 20-ounce Coca-Cola or that delicious pothole pizza. I was in there the other day. The pizza's fantastic. They were giving away samples of their chicken. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. It's, I'd put it up against any restaurant out there. You purchase both the Coca-Cola and the Pothole Pizza together with your quick rewards card. You get 10 extra bonus entries. Each weekly winner going to have a chance to win 25 bucks per yard in the Packers opening drive. Plus, then you're entered to win the 2021 Chevy Trailblazer. No purchase necessary. You can see the store for details. Check out the Pothole Pizza. That's the official pizza of your Green Bay Packers. We're going to get back into uh, some football chatter. We're going to talk with Eric Eager data science expert for pro football focus when we come back stay tuned more of the bill michael show coming up next Welcome back. Glad to have you. This portion of the program brought to you by Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. The uh, Bill Michaels Huddle back tonight. It's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer as well. Dennis Krause from Spectrum Sports going to be here. And uh, Stephanie Sutton 
from WISN 12 tonight uh, going to be joining us as well. Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, and strawberry flavors. Check them out. Go to BudLight.com. That is BudLight.com. Joining us now um, on the uh, on the Schneider Orange Hotline, that's Eric Eager, data science expert for Pro Football Focus, uh, joining us. Uh, and at PFF underscore Eric. Eric, how you been? I'm doing well, Bill. I mean, we've we've had you know some games already that you know many of us didn't think we'd have. So, uh, you know, I know that we had a little hiccup this week, but I think you know, as far as you know, the quality of play and and uh, just getting to watch games every week uh, couldn't be uh, happier. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the Packers, offensively speaking. Um, because it seems like, and we just talked to uh, one of the uh, Packers beat reporters that just said they're just trying to plateau. They're trying to maintain this level of excellence offensively. Um, give, is there a comparison right now to what the offense is doing to, say, other teams in this type of prolific fashion? Yeah, I, I think of like the 2016 Falcons in that way. I know that you know they they have been without you know a, a truly elite receiver for about a week and a half, but you know. Aaron Rodgers, you know, improved a little bit in 2019, but this season it's just been outrageous. And, you know, when he's playing within the structure of that offense, he's really difficult to beat. And, you know, they're doing a lot of fun stuff with having tight ends in the game and having fullbacks in the game, uh, it, getting Aaron on the play actions. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of stuff you saw with Matt Ryan, who I think in 2016 he had like a perfect passer rating when throwing with, you know, two or more tight ends or two or more running backs in the game. And that's kind of the pace that Rodgers is, is on. And, you know, they're just doing such a good job of putting him in a position to succeed. And to his credit, which has been one of the things he's struggled with for probably about a half a decade, is he's playing within the structure of the offense. And when you have somebody as talented as him doing the things that are scripted up, you know, to beat other teams, it's going to be hard to, to contend with. Uh, so the offense itself, without Devonta Adams, we thought, oh, boy, this is going to really struggle. But they haven't. And when you look at release times, one of the things I talked about, you guys had made a mention that Aaron Rodgers had the fastest release in football, I think it was 1.72 seconds, in week one against the Vikings. Has that stayed the same? Uh, it, it's gotten up a little bit. Like, he spent a little bit more time in the pocket. Um, but it's it's a lot lower than, you know, where we've had, where we've had him in the past. So um, time to throw for Rodgers currently – um, you know, 2.49 seconds in 2020. You know, last season was probably about a quarter second more than that. So, you know, and, and it speaks again to, you know, running play action, which actually is longer developing than than some of these other plays. So you run play action, you hit your back foot, you throw it. Um, you know, Rodgers, when he's thrown the ball in under two and a half seconds, is completing 80% of his passes, four touchdowns, no interceptions, um, which is, you know, uh, even better. He has five touchdowns, you know, when, when holding the ball two and a half seconds or more, but he's only completing 52% of those passes. So, you know, it is just a, you know, I think LaFleur is doing a terrific job and, you know, it, and that, and Rodgers, to his credit again, is playing within that. And a lot of that is just simply going to the, going to the intended place, not trying to do too much, trusting the young receivers, especially Al Lazard. Uh, you know, and you know, we saw Sternberger, we saw, you know, some tight ends make plays as well. Um, that trust there, I think, was something that was lacking over the past few years. Eric Eager, data science expert for Pro Football Focus, joining us on the uh, Schneider Orange Hotline. 
Um, we've seen the Packers offensively perform extremely well. Give me your thoughts defensively. You've got guys, uh, the pass rush, while it's been good, it hasn't had the results or at least the numbers statistically that we've seen in the past. But how would you rank, how would you look at this Packers defensive uh, group? Well, one guy that's playing awesome right now is Jerry Alexander. Um, you know, he's broken up two passes, he intercepted one. He has five stops. He's even got a, a sack in the in the as a pass rusher. He's been really good, and that's somebody who you know they really count on because he plays you know inside outside. He, he covers the te- other team's best receiver at times. He's been you know very very good. Um, you know, they've played some good offenses. I think Detroit isn't isn't a slouch. Um, obviously, you know, uh, week one, they got Minnesota who put up some yards on them later on in the game. And then, you know, New Orleans, you know, they were without their best player on offense, but Alvin Kamara certainly is not somebody who's a slouch. I look at their defense and I think, you know, we, we, we've seen teams. We saw Kansas City last year win the Super Bowl with the lead offense and a defense that was just average. And I think the Packers are more than capable every single week of being average enough to win with. Now, have they been elite so far? No. And I think a lot of that is, you know, if you look at Zadarius Smith, he has only five pressures all season so far. And, you know, a couple of sacks, or he's been involved in a couple of sacks. Sean Gary only seven pressures so far. And I'm looking for, uh, the other Smith, uh, for his pressure numbers, but they, they aren't as, they aren't as, yeah, uh, Preston Smith, um, I'm looking for him. And anyway, so, so they're, they're have, they haven't been putting up the sort of pressure numbers that they were a season ago. I mean, uh, Zedaria Smith last year had something, you know, led the league in, in pressures. Now he's only got five in three games. So it's not only that they're not putting up the sack totals, it's that they're not getting to the passer. But you look at the teams that they've faced against Minnesota, they did put a ton of pressure on Cousins in the first half of that game. But then Kenny Clark got hurt, and in the second half they were ahead by so much they were kind of playing softer. Um, Detroit is a team that has a decent offensive line, and then uh, New Orleans just gets the ball out quicker than any other team in the league. So, you know, I think things will eventually, uh, you know, even out. Preston Smith, three pressures so far this year. So, again, they're not getting that, that, that extreme production out of those guys. But I think Kenny Clark was a lot more important than maybe the average fan uh, would assume. He's only played 15 snaps so far this year. So when they get him back, uh, you know, it should, be, it should be a little bit better up front. The uh, the upcoming opponent, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, they have figured out ways to lose. Uh, is is this team much better than what that record would indicate, or is this pretty much they're figuring out ways to lose because they're just not a good football team? Uh, I think their offense is very good, and and you know one of the really emerging talents in the NFL is Calvin Ridley. Um, he was always a good fantasy player, a guy who could score a lot of touchdowns, but not necessarily that consistent week for week you know, deep threat. And now he's, you know, he, he, if Julio Jones wasn't Julio Jones, he'd be the number one receiver on that team. And he's been great um, with Julio on the lineup, without Julio on the lineup. Um, they have some, you know, their, their offensive line is protected okay. Uh, their running game, they got a stable of backs. That's, that's pretty good, especially, you know, Brian Hill made a nice play last week. And then Hayden Hurst at the tight end position is a good up-and-coming player. Matt Ryan is still Matt Ryan. So on offense, it's, if they're a tough team to contend with. On defense, they're a disaster. They, you know, Grady Jarrett's a good football player. Deion Jones is a good football player. You know, in the middle there, but they don't get a good pass rush. Um, you know, and, and against the Bears, I had somebody from their team text me during the game when Foles came in, and he basically said in, in maybe a little bit more, uh, you know, flowery language that they're screwed because they, they, they were sending players on Trubisky 
knowing that he wasn't accurate enough to throw against the blitz and Foles, you know, for all of his all of his issues, is a good enough quarterback to beat uh, a blitz, and that's exactly what happened. Even if you look at that last touchdown, get a guy hitting him in his chin, and he threw it, you know, perfect strike to Anthony Miller. So they have issues in the secondary, uh, probably more than any other team in the league. And and I think you know, even though Green Bay doesn't have a lot of really good receivers, I, I think they have enough good receivers uh, to sort of to sort of give them you know hell on, on Sunday night. Good stuff, as always. Hey, before I let you go real quick, I also wanted to ask you uh, about uh, the teams in the division. Now, the Chicago Bears undefeated 3-0. and They make a quarterback change. They're going with Nick Foles. How much better statistically does that make them? Not very much. I, you know, the Nick Foles, I don't know, you know, Nick Foles reminded me of Jim McMahon the other day. He wore the visor. He wears number nine, gloves on his hands. He, you know, McMahon was one of those players who – was kind of on average not very good, but he could come up. You know, he had that Monday, uh, Thursday night game against the Vikings in '85, where he just comes off the bench and goes crazy. Foles has his moments, um, but I think on average, it's just kind of it's you know he he's going to be a below average quarterback for you. Trubisky was actually playing, you know, had his moments too. It's just his negatives are so bad. So I actually didn't really move them much. I have Green Bay with a 73% chance to win the division, and I have Chicago with a 23% chance to win the division, even though they have the same record. Um, the strengths of the two teams are, are a little bit lopsided, and it starts at the QB position. We talked before. I didn't think Minnesota would be particularly good. They, I didn't imagine them being this bad. Um, and I do think Detroit ha- is better than their 1-2 and two record. So, you know, Green Bay already has a bird in the hand on Detroit, though. Um, so, to me... Like it, it's it's Green Bay's division to to lose, and you know I don't see them doing so uh, just because they they clearly have you know the 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 class of the division not only uh, at quarterback but also at head coach. Real quick, you mentioned the uh, the the Minnesota Vikings. We didn't think they would be this bad. Um, when you look at the st- statistically, when this thing whole when the whole thing grades out, is this quarterback play? Is it just because their defense is eroded? What is what is their Achilles heel? It's defense. I mean, when you look, a defense is less about having superstars and more about having comp- competent play everywhere. And Minnesota has superstars. Harrison Smith's a brilliant player. Eric Kendricks is pretty good. Danell Hunter hasn't played, but he's good. Not Yannick Ngakwe you know, earned a second-round pick in a trade recently. But it, it's sort of like in betting where you, if, you, if you run a five-team parlay, you need every single bet to win, to win. And to win with defense, you need everything. And as the Packers showed on opening day, they don't have enough pass rushers to get home. You can double-team Ngakwe right now. They don't have enough defensive backs. I mean, the Packers should have had 500 yards passing on them if it wasn't for drops and, and things like that. They, When they were really good, in 2017, when the Vikings made the NFC Championship game, they had the same 11 starters on defense in the NFC Championship game as they did in week one of the regular season. And, and you know, chances are, when you do that, that's that's, you know, that's getting a Yahtzee, right? Like that's, you know, that's just luck. And, you know, over the course of the past three years, their great players have mostly stayed great, but they've lost players. Some of their players have gotten, gotten worse. And when you're a defense that has a lot of holes, the great offenses in the NFL will exploit you. And so far they've played, you know, three pretty good offenses and every one of them has had their way with the Vikings. Great stuff. Appreciate it as always. And uh, we're going to talk more throughout the season. Okay. Awesome, guys. Enjoy uh, enjoy the season so far. It's been great for you guys.
Absolutely appreciate it. There you go. Eric Eager, data science expert for Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric. At PFF underscore Eric. And they get really down into the brass nuts and bolts of things. It's really cool. Uh, on the Schneider Orange Hotline, by the way. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80 plus years. They've been doing it. Call them 844 Pride. Or go to schneiderjobs.com. Hey, my friend, the fall colors up north are fantastic. A buddy of mine just texted me. I invited him to an event on Saturday night, a charity event that I'm going to, and he said he can't. He's going to go up north and enjoy the fall colors. I don't blame you. And golfing up north is still good as well. If you get out uh, midday, it's still mid-50s. It's not bad. It's going to get warmer next week. You've heard me talk about the spectacular Timberstone Golf Course at Pine Mountain Resort. That's in Iron Mountain, Michigan. Rated one of the top golf courses in the country. The amazing views, natural setting. It makes it a great place for that quick fall getaway. A one-tank trip, plenty of things to do, fabulous amenities, all at a great value. So head north and come up to the Timberstone Golf Course one more time before the season ends. You know, they got a golf and stay package going on right now. Remember, Timberstone, they're going to be open until Sunday, October 25th, weather permitting. And uh, here's an idea for you business owners and managers. Listen up, because we know we're not really gathering, right? Beginning October 18th, for groups of 25 or more, they're going to do social distancing and such, but your group can take ownership, take over the Pine Mountain Resort in Iron Mountain, Michigan, or own the island, as they call it, at the iconic Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine, Wisconsin. It's a great idea for a company retreat, team building, business conference, whatever it is. For more information or to book your stay and maybe go play some golf, go to the4seasonswi.com. That's the4seasonswi.com or timberstonegolfcourse.com right now. What an idea for businesses. Going to go and take a quick break. We'll come back, and uh, I, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm over it. I can't stand it, and, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what it is next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Falcons on Monday Night Football. Green Bay holding practices now through Saturday. The Steelers and the Titans game has been postponed after nine tests for COVID came back positive, including four players. Have the Packers been talking about the Titans situation tight end robert tanyan it has been just you know bringing awareness to us but for us we're just gonna continue to do what we're doing here because i think that as a team collectively as an organization we've been doing well with it here and keeping it under control. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur says reminding the team about COVID guidelines is a must. I think we always have to be very, very mindful, especially where we're at in our area right now. If you look at the numbers, we're one of the highest in the National Football League per capita. And, you know, we got to continue to do that because all it takes is one guy. If one guy gets it, it can take down this whole operation. That's Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Michael show we continue on last night uh, I, I gotta tell you I'm kind of when I say I'm over it uh, I, I 
I have never been. I have respected the hell out of his ability, but I have never been been a LeBron fan. Never. I uh, just haven't. I don't know why. Um, but it just it never liked the guy. Just uh, I, I never did. And uh, last night, I've, I got to be honest. I, I posted it over on uh, Facebook. Go to facebook.com and you can see it there. Uh, I posted it on the Facebook fan page, and I just basically said, "Who are you rooting for? Who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for LeBron or and the Lakers or Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat?" And uh, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, the majority of you have checked out. I <laughs> uh, got a lot of neither's uh, that you're just on to, uh, you know, postseason baseball and basically football. Uh, but if if you had to choose one, it was uh, the Heat and Jimmy Butler. LeBron has become, I think, the oversaturation of LeBron uh, has has turned a lot of people off. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, ESPN just has their lips permanently locked to his rear end. Uh, they just, man, it's all LeBron all the time. I was watching it again this morning. I mean, the baseball playoffs are on, and the NBA finals are on. You had all these different games, and LeBron dominated the time. Uh, granted, had a good game last night, but uh, last evening, 116-98, the Lakers just flat out blew out the Miami Heat. Now the Heat have to uh, kind of scramble and figure out how to get back at it. Jimmy Butler, 23 points, a couple of boards, five assists last night. But Anthony Davis, 34 points in that contest last evening. Now they got game two coming up tomorrow night. In the meantime, you do have postseason baseball going on right now. The Reds and the Braves are underway. They're uh, just after uh, the second inning, top of the third. Coming up later on, the Marlins and the Cubs. I'll be watching that one. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. We're going to hear from the Brewers manager, Craig Council, next. To border the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.